coming up on We Talk News this week. Right now, nearly a dozen Senate committees are working hard at helping draft this bill. It'll be comprehensive, and I promise we will introduce this important piece of legislation before the August recess. New York Senator Chuck Schumer misses his own spring deadline for a federal cannabis reform bill. Plus, President Biden grants clemency for dozens of cannabis felons fulfilling one long-awaited campaign promise. And close to $1.9 million of cannabis products are sold in New Jersey on their opening day of adult use. Just one of the many cannabis-friendly states from coast to coast to set sales records on April 20th. We Talk News goes coast to coast with its weekly roundup of news stories next. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. 420 has come and gone, and so has the self-imposed spring deadline for U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer to introduce a federal cannabis reform bill. The senior senator from New York is still determined to get this done before the August recess and said so in a recorded statement for the National Cannabis Policy Summit. Not only would this legislation end the federal prohibition on cannabis, it would also expunge records of federal cannabis offenders and finally reinvest in communities decimated by the war on drugs. Right now, nearly a dozen Senate committees are working hard at helping draft this bill. It'll be comprehensive, and I promise we will introduce this important piece of legislation before the August recess. Not to be outdone, President Joe Biden finally made good on a campaign promise. The president granted clemency to 75 previously convicted cannabis felons by commuting their sentences to time served. For the rest of the news in Washington, D.C., here's Vote Pro Podcast's Phil Adams. Hi, this is Phil Adams with Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News D.C. Report. The nation's top prosecutor said this week he believes enforcing federal cannabis law is not an efficient use of limited federal resources. Attorney General Merrick Garland told lawmakers at a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee hearing, quote, the Justice Department has almost never prosecuted use of marijuana, and it's not going to be. Garland's comments are consistent with the testimony he gave during his confirmation, in which he invoked the Obama-era Cole memo. In 2013, then-Deputy Attorney General James Cole issued a memorandum stating that the department would not enforce federal marijuana prohibition in states where cannabis has been legalized in some form. The American Bankers Association sent a letter to Senate leaders urging inclusion of banking protections in the pending manufacturing bill now headed to conference. The ABA, along with affiliated associations from all 50 states, said passage of the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act is, quote, urgently needed and widely supported. The House version of the bill, the America Competes Act, already includes language from the Safe Banking Act. That language was stripped, however, from the Senate version. A new study finds that states that have enacted cannabis legalization have seen less potentially dangerous driving behavior compared to states where cannabis remains illegal. Researchers at RTI International 
an independent nonprofit research institute, found that states where prohibition persists are more likely to have impaired drivers on the road. One potential explanation cited was that cannabis users in legal states may be getting more information from physicians and dispensary staff about the risks of driving under the influence of cannabis. Another possible contributing factor are labeling requirements of legal cannabis products that warn users against getting high before getting behind the wheel. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. The week of 420 saw many states set new sales records. And since New Jersey launched its adult use market last week, of course, it set its one day record of close to $2 million in sales. So with more from the Garden State, here's Jill Goldsbury with our New Jersey report. Hey everyone, I'm Jill Goldsberry with the New Jersey Cannabis Report for We Talk News. And after nearly two weeks of recreational retail cannabis sales, the tallies are in. Over 12,000 people headed to dispensaries and bought nearly $2 million worth of cannabis and cannabis-related products. And according to the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, supplies are effectively serving the medicinal cannabis community and the adult use consumer. Advocates expect the market will eventually exceed $2 billion a year. That's some heavy green right there. Now that New Jersey is open for business, what are New Yorkers doing? Well, according to a recent New York Times article, we shouldn't expect a rush of of the reverse pipeline of New Yorkers flocking to the Garden State for cannabis purchases. Why? Well, currently there aren't any operational dispensaries in areas like Jersey City or Hoboken that are easily accessible to New Yorkers. So the good news is Hoboken is actually set to open its very first dispensary this spring. And applications have poured in from Jersey City to get things rolling even faster. And last year, last year actually, excuse me, last Thursday, Hoboken's Cannabis Review Board meeting had had their board meeting and voted two to one in favor of applications from of of an application from Blue Violet LLC, which aims to open the very first micro business cannabis dispensary. It'll be located at 628 Washington Street, and they'll be joined by two other dispensaries. Last year, the regulatory board approved approved licenses for two other other medicinal dispensaries that were previously approved at the local level. Terrapin plans to open at 86 River Street and Harmony Dispensary will be located at 95 Hudson Street, Hoboken, New Jersey. So look out for those. And I'm Jill Goldsbury with the New Jersey Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Next week in New Jersey, Pro Cannabis Media founder Jimmy Young will be taking part in the Athletes in Cannabis trade show in Newark. The CEO of that event is Jeff Walter, and he'll be featured in Friday's Green Rush live show. So here's a preview from Jeff. We are an event. We are a group of people that will help you drive your business to success. That's what we want to do. So incorporated in Athletes in Cannabis is a small 
Dank Tank, which I think everybody will love the name. It's called Dank Tank. And what we do is we bring in a professional capital company to sit and to listen to all the presentations of people trying to do business in the cannabis space so that they can help raise money on the, the professional level outside of the event. So we do the introductions, they give a presentation. The capital company that was going to be there this time in Newark, New Jersey is Upwise Capital from New York City. And those folks will be running the Dank Tank and hearing about six or seven presentations from companies that are looking to build their uh, their business, whether that's an equity investment that they're seeking, or if they're looking for debt funding, convertible notes, or any of the other processes. Another state cannabis market that continues to thrive is Michigan. One of the theories for the success of cannabis adult use sales in that state is the educational programs that refute the reefer madness stigma. One of the leading advocacy groups in the U.S. is Normal, the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. And Rick Thompson is the executive director of Normal, and he has our Michigan Cannabis Report. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Well, many people in Michigan are speaking out against the cannabis regulatory agency's refusal to allow certain statistical and analytical data to be released. In a new MLive article, reporter Gus Burns says his FOIA request for information on routinely conducted lab comparisons was denied based on privacy concerns. Many licensed operators, including the testing labs themselves, would like this information for a variety of purposes. Some statistical data contained within the metric cannabis tracking system is not available to the public, but other stats are, which makes their critics complain that the CRA is selectively holding back information which the industry and consumers could use to make better business and purchase decisions. Well, our 420 holiday in Michigan was a very successful one for cannabis retailers indeed. The Cannabis Regulatory Agency reports $15.5 million worth of regulated market cannabis was sold on Wednesday the 20th of April in both the medical and recreational market in Michigan. That's a 45% increase over last year's totals. Now, this includes more than two tons of cannabis flour and more than 140 thousand cannabis vape cartridges sold on a single day. The government raised more than two and one half million dollars in recreational cannabis excise tax and sales tax on just 420 alone. The Traverse City, one of Michigan's northern population centers and a wonderful place for year-round tourist traffic, is struggling with their adult use cannabis licensing scheme. Council seems stuck on fixing a specific number of cannabis licenses into the city limits, which is a pathway that has led other municipalities into courtroom brawls. Think of Detroit, for example. Other voices are advising Traverse City to avoid license caps completely and allow however many cannabis businesses can fit within their already established zoning protocol, which is the fastest and less litigious way to get cannabis businesses up and running. It's also an invitation for the state's powerhouse mega corporations to buy their way into market dominance. There are no easy answers. The popular community will struggle with this decision, and we will keep you updated. Now, our final story today, 
what are the top cannabis strains being sold in the United States of Can America? Well, that information was delivered by the wonderful Madeline Scanlon from the Brightfield Group, and they appear in the current issue of Cannabis Business Times. First of all, don't call them strands. It's just wrong. Second of all, don't call them strains either, says Madeline, who likes to refer to the different types of cannabis as cultivars. Without further delay, the top five strains mentioned by Madeline are, in fifth place, Sour Diesel. In fourth, Blue Dream. In third is OG Kush, and second is Gelato. And the top cultivar in our nation is Wedding Cake. It seems wedding cake is more popular than actual weddings nowadays. Now let's delve a little bit further into those numbers too. Wedding cake was the top of the crop for flour and pre-rolls, but the vape cart market is dominated by Blue Dream and the Kush. The disposable vape cart market is led by gelato and sour diesel, and gelato is the top strain in the wild and wacky world of concentrates. Madeline explains that when determining the top numbers, each subcultivar of the original was considered for example, Sunset Gelato or Lemon Pound Cake. Now you can find more information in the current edition of the Cannabis Business Times. And I will still call them strains because I'm not a robot. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. In Missouri, the clock continues to count down to a deadline of May 13th for the Cannabis Freedom Act to be voted on. A Republican-led initiative is looking to legalize adult sales, expunge records, open social consumption locations, and allow state cannabis businesses to claim tax reductions in the state. Here's our Missouri reporter, Brandon Jones, with the latest. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven, your Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News. And yeah, May 13th is getting here really quickly. We're all getting excited to see if we can actually get recreational passed here. And we're very happy to have the support of Representative Ron Hicks. I did actually get to hang out with him this last uh, Saturday at the B420 event put on at the West Bottoms. It was a great event, a lot of turnout and a lot of people getting uh, their medical cards. It's a great, great event for a lot of education, vendors and stuff like that. It was really good to see Kansas City's events are taking off. And then my second story here is out of Grown In. So Illicit, which I'm rocking right here, is a very uh, cool company here in Missouri. They're one of the largest cannabis uh, producers here in the state. And they've actually teamed up with the Last Prisoners Project for the Freedoms Campaign. And what this is, the last eight prisoners that were recently released from cannabis crimes, are they're trying to help support them. So they're going down to Tech Nine's reports, recording studio and having all eight of them do about an hour about their story, what, what happened, why they were arrested, how they got out, their incarceration, all that time, and trying to raise up to $100,000 to help with their attorney's fees and get them back on their feet once they get out into the you know, real world here and get them some housing and just try to figure out how we can support them. So big ups to Elicit. Last Prisoners Project's always doing great things. So Missouri, doing another good thing. My last story is obviously talking about the 420 sales here. We jumped up to 2.85 million for the day. We have just reached the you know, $1 million a day month uh, one, day, one million dollar a day uh, just last month. So it's pretty exciting to see it almost triple on 420. So everybody again, Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven for Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Stay medicated and educated. Have a great week, guys.
The news from California continues to be troubling for the cannabis market. Right now, the wholesale price for a pound of cannabis is the lowest it's been in four years. That's when the adult use market was opened. And at the time, it was thought to be the beginning of a golden age of cannabis in California. But however, it has been anything but because of overabundance of product. The host of the American Cannabis Report, Christopher Smith, has the latest from the Golden State. Greetings from the center of the cannabis universe, California. I'm Christopher Smith, and this is the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. I've reported several times here on Weed Talk News about how the California regulatory regime, as approved by Prop 64 in 2016, has driven many of our cannabis community up onto the rocks. The simplest explanation is we have too many growers and not enough places to sell product. AB 2691 is written to help legal cannabis farmers who grow less than one acre get consumer recognition for their unique products, much as has been done for craft beer, artisanal wine, and other family farm agricultural products, by selling their own goods at farmer's markets about 12 times a year. Giving these smaller farmers opportunities at locally approved events to expose the public to their products increases consumer choice and offers farmers a better chance to reach retail shelves, which of course is their ultimate goal. This is not about circumventing retailers, but about growing the industry overall. This bill has a lot of support among my peers here in the California market. Speaking of broken gears in Proposition 64, another was the right for municipalities to opt out of cannabis completely which broke the 20-year-old contract with the voters called Proposition 215 that legalized medicinal cannabis for California patients. I reported on this bill about a month ago, which will force medicinal cannabis to be available everywhere in California, either by dispensary or by delivery. The good news is that State, Sen State Senator Scott Weiner's bill has passed a committee vote and now it's on to appropriations for consideration. Says Weiner, when cities ban purchasing medicinal cannabis, it denies access and fuels the illegal market. SB 1186 restores medical cannabis access for those who need it. And if successful, this could become a template to solve the opt-out problem that many other states are facing. Now, heading into another brutally dry summer, struggling cannabis growers in California could be excluded from the state's latest assistance plan to save water. A proposal by Governor Gavin Newsom would pay farmers not to plant crops. This is known as fallowing. And this year, as, uh, as drought conditions worsen, this is even more important than ever. The following proposal aims to cut production of water-intensive crops, such as rice, alfalfa, and nuts. Some advocates are upset because cannabis is not on the list. Our Department of De uh, Cannabis Control pointed out that the policy is in very early stages of development and the DCC will fight for our industry, they say. Let's keep an eye on that one. Speaking of fighting... Ever since she battled mixed martial arts legend Ronda Rousey in the very first women's match in the UFC nine years ago, San Diego-based flyweight uh, Liz Carmouche has been chasing a championship belt. Now, after 24 professional bouts, she's finally defeated Juliana Velasquez with a fourth-round TKO at Bellator 278. 
for some hardware to call her own. Carmouche is a former Marine known as the Girl Rilla, who's, who has used CBD for years in recovery uh, for this most brutal sport. Now, I interviewed Liz several years ago in New York, and I can tell you, as a person, she's great. As a cannabis spokesperson, she is very compelling. And as an athlete, she's absolutely intimidating. Congratulations, Liz. I'm Christopher Smith, publisher of the American Cannabis Report, bringing you the California Roundup on farmers' markets, farmer support, fixing Prop 64, and fighting flyweights for Weed Talk News. Remember the story about the Florida wedding where the bride and caterer got caught spiking the wedding meal with weed? Well, both parties were charged this week for what was thought to be a harmless prank. Cannabis News reporter Heather Ullman has that in our Florida report. We're back with the We Talk News Florida report. I'm Heather Ullman from Cannabis Law Report. You could legally have your cannabis wedding cake in Florida and eat it too with the help of a tenacious and sober event planner but you cannot drug your guests. Despite that seemingly common sense fact, recent bride, Dania Spobeda, hired a holistic plant-based chef and caterer to prepare her wedding food. Approximately 35 guests at her February wedding unknowingly ate food like pudding shot desserts, chocolate-covered strawberries, and even lasagna that all contained THC. Right after the catering staff had either left or were starting to drive off, several attendees called the Seminole County Fire and Rescue and reported feeling fidgety, stoned, and weird. Some experienced stomach pains and vomiting, with two individuals telling deputies at the scene they suspected the food was laced with cannabis. Then they requested transport to South Seminole Hospital. At least three others pressed charges, and two people were noted as too incoherent to give a written statement to police. Nearly two months after the first responders assisted multiple people at the Longwood wedding party, the bride and her caterer, Jocelyn Grant, were arrested last Thursday in the central Florida town of Sanford. The arrest report says several people did test positive for THC, but the guests had not been warned about the laced food. Samples of the food were collected and tested positive for THC. Both women were charged with misdemeanor culpable negligence, a felony charge of delivering marijuana, and a felony violation of Florida's anti-tampering act. On Wednesday, Florida Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services Nikki Fried announced the inaugural Cannabis Equity Summit to take place June 17, 2022 at the Urban League of Broward County in Fort Lauderdale. This is sponsored by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. The one-day summit will concentrate on the theme, Accessing Opportunities and Overcoming Obstacles, and it is an opportunity to recognize the inequities that exist. Fry told reporters that, quote, we need to work together as a community to increase access to the cannabis industry and state legal programs, push for full legalization, and strive for restorative justice for communities impacted by the failed war on drugs. In other news on Wednesday, Governor DeSantis signed SB 768, which the House and Senate unanimously passed in March. The bill addresses issues involving licensing of medical marijuana treatment centers and prevents the department from renewing the licenses of centers that have not started to grow, process, and sell medical cannabis by the time their license is up for renewal. The bill will also expand the authority of the department to collect samples of all marijuana products for testing purposes rather than just edibles, which is what they can do now. The measure also creates an exception to criminal laws to clarify that department employees can possess, test, transport, and dispose of cannabis in the course of their jobs. 
That's a wrap for the We Talk News Florida Report. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report, and for now, I'm avoiding spring weddings. Now that the word marijuana has been stricken from the Washington State Code and replaced by cannabis, that state is focused on making sure they get the tax revenue generated by sales. And that has caused some issues between counties and towns. Talking Hedge host Josh Kincaid explains in our Washington State Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. States that legalized cannabis for adult use collectively generated more than $3.7 billion in tax revenue in 2021. That's a year-over-year increase of 34%. A decade ago, voters in Washington State approved a ballot initiative approving the legalization of cannabis. Fast forward 10 years, and the state's 2021 cannabis tax revenue totaled almost $631 million. But the verdict on legalization has been a lot stickier than it looks. Yes, cannabis raised more than half a billion dollars annually in tax revenue, more than double that of liquor sales, but local governments missed out. The state's budget loved it, but not so much for the counties. The states decided that they wanted to keep the money. In fact, less than 3% of the revenue last year went to local governments. Next week, you guys are going to find out more about Washington State's cannabis scene. But with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Heads reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Connecticut lawmakers have set their rules on advertising for the cannabis industry, which is still waiting to launch. So you won't see any leaves on any billboards for in-state dispensaries or messages from out-of-state dispensaries. They're totally banned as well. You also won't see any billboards within 1,500 feet of a school, and you will only see electronic messaging between 11 p.m., and 6 a.m. It is also banned commercial gifting of cannabis in exchange for jacked up prices for goods with a bonus of a cannabis gift. And Massachusetts has plenty of restrictions on marketing and advertising as well. And Ron Marshall C has our report from the Bay State. I'm Ron Marshall C with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. The recreational marijuana sales in the Bay State are approaching $3 billion. Between November 5, 2018 and April 10, 2022, according to data from the Cannabis Control Commission, retailers reported $2.87 billion in sales. Speaking of the recreational sales in the state, on April 20th, also known as 420, according to the Massachusetts CCC website, there was $6 million in marijuana sales on that day alone. And actual cannabis bud outsells the rest of the product available in the Bay State by a significant margin. And finally, the Massachusetts Cannabis Advisory Board is looking to get a jumpstart on regulatory overview in time for the start of the 2023 legislative session next winter. Sean Collin, executive director of the CCC and chair of the Cannabis Advisory Board, was quoted as saying, We're a five-year-old agency. We modified regulations at the outset. We've also modified our regulations several times since then. The reason being is advancing, learning, and evolving. We have the benefit right now of having a complete set of regulations. There's not some glaring absence at this point. At the same time, it's just good healthy hygiene to take another look. From now until the end of summer, the commissioners and the rest of the agency will internally look at specific regulations that could potentially be created or updated. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. And finally, there are two research reports to leave you thinking about what is in that CBD product you just bought. 
Leaf Report conducted a study of 52 different CBD sleep products delivered through tincture, gummies, and capsules. And sure enough, the report conducted by the Infinite Chemical Analysis Labs says two-thirds of the tested products said to contain melatonin were mislabeled. One had none, and over half had inaccurate CBD levels, and almost half claiming CBN were inaccurate levels as well. The report concludes that level inaccuracies and mislabeling contribute to lack of control in the CBD industry and called for more testing of products. Okay, the other research study was on the controversial driving under the influence category that is still one of the biggest obstacles for federal reform. In a study of self-reported drivers under the influence of cannabis in legal states, the researchers found that current cannabis users in recreational and medical-only cannabis states were significantly less likely to report driving within three hours of getting high compared to current users living in states without legal cannabis. The study was released this week in the Journal of Preventive Medicine. It concluded that cannabis prevention efforts are, quote, most needed in states without legalized cannabis, unquote. Another reason why we say it's a whole new world of weed out there to use it responsibly. And that's it for this week's episode of Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. We'll see you next time. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your canna confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.